This is the Polytechnicast. Hey everyone, I'm Rob Stenzinger, and this is a place where I record some reflections and about stuff I work on normally. Except if you, you recall last year, last Art Sound Off, I did some experiments that turned into another podcast called Art and Science Punks. And that's when I had a special guest, you know, my, my wife, Kate Shield Stenzinger. And we, every week, every Friday last year, we, we tried a thing. And that became something. So who knows, right? You got to experiment and try things and, and see what they become. This is not to set undue pressure for my special guest, Pete Stromquist. Do you go by Peter Peter in like the big like Google sphere of searching? <laughs> um, so friends usually call me Pete just because it's just very yeah. easy to say, single syllable. Yeah. Uh, Peter is more a little more professional. If I say Peter when I introduce myself, it's better for people because they don't hear Keith or Steve when they, you know, so. Oh, sure. That's the whole, like, just how you have a, the, the one syllable can lead to stuff, um, which I know right. with Rob, right? There's Rob, also the, Bob. yeah. Well, that's the same thing, I guess, but. Well, kind of. I don't think not, so. I, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless your name is Robert. Yes. Um, so let's see here. So we have an experiment, right? Yes, we do. Um, we've talked about doing some recordings in the past, and in fact, we have. And I'm trying to think, like, what episode was that? It was um, the Polytechnicast Just in Time Optimizing with special guest Pete Stromquist. Yes, it's going back a couple of years. Yeah. So we have tried recording together. Yep. But this is the first time we've done it face-to-face. Face-to-face. Yep. And uh, set up with the idea of exploring uh, some possible options to talk about and experiment, like some premises, right? Right. Yes, last, last time was a little bit more, you know, whatever was in our heads at the time. So what, um, what would you say is like our process for this? Like what, what do you think? So what we've set ourselves up with so far, how would you describe? So <clears throat> the, the general process here is we, we're, we're, we're toying around with experiments. And um, the experiment here is to kind of just come up with some ideas that we can talk about uh, in a time-boxed fashion. Mm. So we have several topics. We could, we could probably talk about millions of different things. But we've decided, hey, let's let's pick a few. What if we just picked a few, and we voted on them, and uh, we're going to talk about them? I think we decided five minutes each. Yeah, we'll let's see what comes out of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now I'm a little actually, uh, I, maybe I uh, subconsciously did this on purpose. That's kind of doesn't make sense there, but I'm I'm not quite exactly sure what within that five minutes what happens in this little experiment I don't lab, know this little micro lab yeah. that we've created. So yep. So that's why I'm gonna have you go first. Okay, so I, I can go first. So here's here's what I recommend. So you pick one of those topics that uh, are on our laying on this table. Okay. You pick one, and I'll go with that. Okay. Should we set it? Set it and up. should we tell people how we arrived at these topics, or is that not? Oh, really we can. Important? So we did a little bit of a, um, it's it's like a design exercise. Yeah. Um, and it's, I'm a huge fan of. So if you get groups of people together and you want to come up with ideas. And if you really do want a variety of ideas, don't let people talk over each other. Right. So I, you know, I happen to have a few post-it notes handy. And Just a, a couple. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a couple hundred. You don't know what you're going to encounter and need to start thinking about. So. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. And it could be sticky notes. Anyway, 3M sponsor me. So um, that's, 
that's a thing I do like to have handy. And so what we did is we we um, we took uh, th- two minutes, then we extended it a little bit, but then thought of uh, different things that we wanted to give a try to to explore. Yep. And then we voted on those things. But then there there was this natural uh, merging of a few different ideas where it's really like here's a couple different angles on the same concept. What if we're not voting on them separately? We're just voting on this group of things. Right. So merge them together. It's a bit, a bit of a solo brainstorming, and that lets you actually get into a variety of ideas. Because as soon as someone in- introduces, like, oh, I think this into a group, then now the group is all talking about that, and they're not letting their own brain go wherever the heck it would have felt like going to. Got it. So that's what we did. You just made me think of something that we can maybe add as a bonus experiment at the end. So remind me. A bonus experiment. I should write it down before I forget it, though. All right. Well, or or, yeah. All right. All right. Bonus experiment. Yeah, we'll keep keep it a secret. All right. I am curious. This sounds fun. So the theory... So so that's not actually a pen. Here you go. Um, So the the idea behind this is to see, um, see what we learn. Experiments. And... I think we're going to start in in a couple seconds and and see where we go from from there from there. So you're about to hear essentially like, in a way, uh, four to five different ideas for a, um, discussion. Discussion could be could be podcast episodes. Could be who knows, right? Bigger themes. Yeah, one of these five or more could turn into like some amazing thing that becomes famous could be a or premise. not or yeah you know it right? right this is and you heard it here first so. <laughs> that's right, <All> right. <laughs> okay so um i'm supposed to pick the first one mm-hmm. and so we had there's there's one that we both voted on um uh and i'll read both of them i guess because i think they both provide a similar perspective right yeah so i'm going to choose uh why this is what i wrote down why have i been afraid of video games and Rob wrote, why or why not start gaming today and how? Hmm. Okay. Similar, maybe slight differences there. And go. All right. I'm starting the clock. All right. So here you are in, in you know, you have your habits, you're off in your day-to-day life, and there's this new possible hobby that's always been within arm's reach, but never picked up. So what would what would prevent you from that what would, what would pre- prevent you for instance from picking up uh playing video games whenever you felt like whenever you felt like doing that <clears throat> yeah so my excuses maybe have been um just you know i, I if if i get into a video game it could become uh, addictive from a time management perspective i wouldn't have time for other things that i maybe thought were air quotes, more important. Um, and, but, you know, not really realizing, um, that maybe there are some benefits to this kind of recreational activity, um, that could enhance other parts of my life. I'm already kind of reading into uh, a little past what maybe we're immediately talking about. Not at all. Right. I mean, you can, you can know all that and still choose to not do it. That's true. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no like, there's no foregone fitness match of how you know vi- video games are meant for everyone, no matter how much you love them, right? Right. My hypothesis or my question is, uh, video games might not be for everyone, 
but some form of game, whether it's a video game or a board game or a puzzle or something, is that something that almost everybody could benefit from? And if so, um, how can I get plugged into something like that? How can I use that to enhance my life? So I wonder if, like, is there some sort of assumed job that you thought, like, people who play video games, they're doing blank, but I don't need blank. Right. Um, You know, uh, obviously, you know, my, my sort of initial reaction to video games is, Hey, it's, it's, it's a recreational activity. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's my, um, am I supposed to hold on to this? It's up to you. I I don't want to hog all the, the, the note cards. Okay. I'm writing things. Yeah, it's right. You're the note card guy. Um, sorry, I'll, 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 <laughs> it's, it's a good thing. I, I love it. I love it. I, I, I hear there's a character called note card, note card, guy, note card guy. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry, we're chewing up our valuable time here. So, um, just the idea that yeah, it's, it's purely recreational and I, I do find other outlets for recreating. Um, for example, I like, I like to watch movies, um, I like to uh, do a little bit of reading or, you know, just kind of hanging out with the family and stuff like that. So, um, you know, maybe in my mind, those things are a higher priority than uh, video games. So that's that's one thing I've I've kind of thought. So I, I think of this as a like a what if I didn't start playing video games until now? Like, oh, I don't wow. know what the heck I'd be doing. Right. Actually, because it's literally video games that got me into um like reconnecting with, oh, I, I'm familiar with coding. And, oh, I can, um, you know, s- study tools that are about cr- putting art into a computer and sound into a computer and making it interactive through a, a, the context of, you know, code within a game. And then that led to a lot in my life. I don't know what I would be doing. So set that aside. But let's see. I think the one thing that for me that I, I feel is a natural, like, I want to avoid in games is how s- games represent a point of view to someone who made them that I may not agree with. Sure. And they, they may, like, want to reward things that I don't want to be rewarded. Like, you know, I don't know, anything from, like, a, a really... A, classic simple example for me is the is um the game series uh what dark souls where it is so punishingly difficult and it's learning isn't about like picking up a pattern learning is about memorizing being punished and surprised <laughs> right. and i'm like that's not an attractive idea to me right yep. and he, just fundamentally more power to anyone who wants to play that kind of thing right i don't and if gotcha. i thought all games were that then i may, I may not be so into them uh, in the last few seconds we have here, I'll say one other thing. <clears throat> I think we're close to the end of the time, though. That is uh, one aspect of gaming that I think I've been sort of turned off to as well is, is um, the competitive nature that sometimes comes along with it, especially oh. if you're playing on a multiplayer sort of scenario. Uh, like what I mean, aspect of competition? You know, I, I feel like sometimes um, my brain doesn't think as... It's not really wired to think... Um, like tactically, I'm more of a strategic thinker than a tactical thinker. And so a lot of games require tactical on kind of on your feet thinking. And, um, those that can do that better 
seem to do better and they're rewarded better. Um, and so that, that to me is more, has been more of a challenge. I think when I, when I, when I see a game now, games that aren't multiplayer, when I'm just kind of, you know, playing a computer or solving a puzzle, I think that's something I'm a little more compatible with, but potentially Uh, maybe not because some of those are also kind of geared on tactical thinking. So it totally can. It, it, it depends on if a timer is introduced. Right. And if the if a game designer said, Guess what? I want you to sweat and Yep. Don't you don't have a lot of time to choose. This is uh this is not a puzzle on a table. There's stakes at here at, at hand and yeah, that, that can has that has a huge effect on what it feels like. Just like right now, how we've gone over time. We went over time. A little bit. Yeah. Not bad. So six, that's okay. About six minutes. All right. So there you go. One experiment. We'll have to think about how that one went. And that's probably outside the framework of this recording session. Right. Okay. We'll do a retrospective later somehow. Yes. All right. If that's the right term. I think so. Yeah. Okay. All right. So experiment one. What about experiment two now? So you get to pick this one. Um, I'm going to say the minimalism and creativity. So mm. that's that was an interesting topic that you that you uh that you brought up and i had added something to it related to uh what is like a a really useful thing and also um you had this other thing of of desert island creativity and all of it sounds like really severe prioritization and yet being able to be set up to solve interesting problems and expressing yourself and that kind of thing so That's that. That's not just saying like what is, just what's optional and setting everything aside. And there's some amount of um, like output and making stuff, right? <clears throat> which, which seems to be a natural tension with the minimal. So I'm going to go ahead and start the timer because I cheated by using that intro time. Yeah, to to expand on the idea. All right. So. <clears throat> Uh, one of the things that I've that kind of prompted this idea for me, I'll just give you a little bit of context, um, is you know, especially this day and age, uh, I have kids, you have kids. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they'll come up and say, "I'm bored," you know, and, and 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 I guess our job as parents is to somehow cure their boredom, you know, because what they're really saying is, "I want to be able to look at you know, watch a TV show or play, you know, look at a device or whatever." And I've often thought, or I've heard it said that, you know, boredom is actually a a great tool to use for creativity because creativity can come out of boredom. And and what's happening there, I think, is that boredom is really an expression of uh, a set of constraints that have been applied to somebody. They don't have all the outlets that they normally have, and now they have to, like, come up with something, some way to occupy their mind. And so minimalism is is kind of a... similar kind of a thing, I guess, where you're saying, Hey, I want to constrain my environment. So I have, um, more, you know, only the important things around me and potentially free up some, um, psychic weight or whatever you want to call it. Things that normally would be chewing up cycles in my mind to be creative and, and create new things. Okay. Responses to that. Well, um, it's really funny. I, I'm going to have to, I'll do a, a, a shout out. So to the, the first episode of art and science punks for our season two was all about boredom and oh, cool. I'll have to listen to that. Yeah. That one was, um, not to, not to spoil anything from it, but, uh, it was, 
that's a that's a common topic in the uh, the our the household with in that I live in, <laughs> and <laughs> that I don't believe it really exists. Got so. It. I'm when somebody like, says they're bored, they're saying something else. Exactly. Yep. So, right. And, and I like your, your interpretation. Sounds like it's almost like I'm seeking a stimulation that I assume will be worthwhile. And I'm just looking for per- permission for it. Yeah. Right. And I think that that really rings true. That's a very interesting, uh, very interesting angle if I'm interpreting it right. Yeah. Um, so you're, so what are, what are some of the goals that you have for exploring this as far as um, what's, it's almost like maximizing the ability to produce creative output in a circumstance where you've set a lot of, like set lots of options aside in favor of just a few. Yeah. So I think in, I think for me, um, a hypothesis I have is that, um, creativity is sort of becoming, um, limited or suffocated a little bit when you have so many stimulus options Mm. like, Oh, I'm kind of getting bored. I, you know, maybe I'm done with my work day or something like that. I'm just going to watch Netflix. Mm. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to be creative or, or do something like that. I'm just going to kind of quote unquote veg out. And so by minimi- minimizing or putting those constraints on there, would that potentially produce more creativity? Um, because I, I value creativity. Yeah. Like I feel like it's, it's something that human beings um, were, were kind of designed to, to do, need to be able to do, have those outlets, but it's so easy today to just, you know, uh, you know, compared to like previous generations, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. Even like you know, growing up with just a few options on like over-the-air broadcast television, <laughs> right? Even, yeah, yeah, four channels. TV, yeah, <laughs> that there a lot. You you ran into a lot more scarcity, right? right? Uh, even before big book chains like Barnes and Noble existed and all that stuff. So. Um, you, you asked the question, um, suffocating creativity by having all this abundance. What if this abundance were actually the engine for creativity? Sure. So that not to uh, just go, oh, I'm going to take what you said and spin it and cross my arms and be like, there you go, man. Drop like the, the mic. Just like the Sphinx. <laughs> I don't think it's as simple as that because I think there's like, if you, if you mix the abundance with a habit of... Uh, that honestly, it's something that that I encountered uh, a few years, many years back, where uh, listening to Jersey Droz talk about his creative process and how um, when he's consuming media, it's he has he's he's grown, and I've taken this idea as well, like this habit of noticing what arrests you and noticing what is affecting you by just growing the capacity to be have that sort of meta. Uh, observation going going observation yeah what's affecting me and and why Hmm. and it doesn't matter what you're feeding it with all that generates lots of possibility as long as you're not just feeding it but you're um working with the process of being fed right all these other experiences that's really cool yeah gathering some information about because that could inform what you make next right and maybe why you make it or how you make it or what have you depending on what you're reacting to right that makes sense um not that that's about just this isn't about having a conclusive answer for any of these prompts like that's a that's that we could go quite a bit on, on that. yeah but we are over five do you, do you want to go a little further or uh maybe? no i'll just maybe echo back your what you're saying it, it, the idea is that instead of uh completely avoiding these sort of um you know stimulus that can 
you know, that I've kind of stated might squelch creativity, uh, sort of embrace them a little bit, but do it in kind of an observational way, learning about yourself, becoming more self-aware. What, what, how do these stimulus stimuli, how do they affect me? What, what am I reacting to positively? And can I use that information to inform my creative process when I'm not potentially engaged with these stimuli? Mm-hmm. It's like a professor. <laughs> I, you know what, that, that's, that's a, that's a nice thing to aspire to, I think, because yeah, as long as you're not the kind that, that, that induces sleepiness, you know <laughs> right, what, that's, right. that's, that's, a, that's I've fun. had a few of those. Yeah. <clears throat> um, all right. So we have, uh, we've got that topic down. So we, that was, that was two of four. Two of four. Okay. Um, all right. I'll do a fun one here. We have, we have a topic about time travel because, you know, ultimately that's what we all want to really be able to do someday. So, uh, Rob wrote a sticky note that says time, time machine shows up where to. And, and then I had, um, uh, so mine's a little bit different, but similar. I saw this billboard that said plan today, live tomorrow. And I thought, Hey, what if we flip that? That's that slogan. It was like some bank or whatever. Uh, what if we slipped, flipped that and said, live today and plan, plan tomorrow. So in other words, <laughs> tomorrow you're planning what you're doing today. And that would only be possible if you had a time machine. So, well, okay. They're similar, yes. but they're different. That, that's more of a kind of a, I, so I agree with that time machine wise, but also isn't that the, just the kind of like the, the benefit slash, slash challenge of just aging where you, you kind of deal with all the things you reacted to in yes. the past where you're like, this is well, true. I guess I am planning now okay. for what I did yesterday. <laughs> Hold on a second. We, we better reset our clock because you're already getting into some really interesting conversations. Clock is it. reset. All right. Sorry. Third experiment. I'm the one that I can see the clock. Rob's nice. looking at me. Yep. He's depending on me for the, for the, for the clock reset. Thank you for that. Yeah. So, right. We are kind of in that age now where we're, we're, we're not young kids anymore. We're not, mm. we're not like, you know, uh, in our, in our twilight age years yet, no, but we're the, we're at the age where if we complain about being old, then actually older people are, are really mad and they have a right to be. Yes. <laughs> they have a right to be. <clears throat> and, and we should definitely not complain. Yeah. But we have a little bit of wisdom. We've uh, uh, sort of gotten halfway there. And yes, I, f- I feel like the, the, the live today plan tomorrow is happening quite a bit more than, than I think the billboards want us to believe at our age. Totally. Yeah. And, um, and yet they're like, so the time machine empowerment MacGuffin that, that, right. I mean, if that shows up, then I, what would I do? I think I might try to, I, I probably would be distracted for a number of weeks apologizing for crap, <laughs> you know, just going back and being like, I'm sorry I did that. You know, it's, I was a, I was a young person. I did the, I, I had an automobile and I didn't like hurt anyone, whatever, but, but I was, a, I was a jerk. Right. Yep. Like, you know, anyway, uh, peeling away from, uh, from an ex-girlfriend's house where in your car, even if you're in your teens, there's no reason to do that. No, I, I'm embarrassed at my past self for doing that. And so I probably would end up wasting a good number. I don't know how many weeks, but I'm thinking weeks. So you would actually use the time machine to go back and not do that Same. peel hey, out? Hey, I'm sorry. No, I, I think it's done. I, like, I think I oh, would okay. probably not try to be like convincing my, my younger self. I think if I, I would get in the worst battle if I can try to convince yeah. my younger self of anything. Right. Well, there's, there's all kinds of sort of time conundrums that you can get into if you do stuff like that. Anyways. I think maybe I would end up buying, buying flowers and hey, saying like, hey, 
this is a, a, just a few, a few, lots of different situations where it's like you know, the, this is the this is the the hot headedness of of youth, and you know, have a great life. Or maybe you watched a lot of eighties like you know cop shows where they always did peel out. Actually, you know, oh I've noticed gosh. I've had plenty of inf- yeah influence on that stuff, but also yeah, not 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 to bring up something I own that. It. Okay, yeah, not to bring up something that uh, you may or may not have watched, but uh, I noticed something. So I've been watching the show Stranger Things, which I, I think is a popular show these days. Okay. And I've noticed that. that just about every time there's a car in a scene, it's always peeling out. It's like a thing in that show. I don't know if, uh, that, if that's on purpose or if that's like, hey, that's a, that's a, that's a shout out to the 80s in some kind of I subliminal did, way. That was a common thing in the, in the 80s, especially among people I hung out with. <laughs> it's, you got to peel out. Yeah, if you're on, especially on gravel because it's easier. And different etiquette, different reasons for doing it, different rationalizations for doing it. All of it, um, pretty much, not not well informed. Not really a need for it. But yeah. I mean, unless you're in a, you're actually out on a you know safe racetrack and all that kind of stuff. But okay, anyway, so, so to re, so to recap, you so what would you do? You then? would use okay. So I, I'd be wasting time apologizing first, and then <clears throat> making a lot of money second, right? Right. Uh, I'd, I would take advantage of it, but I would have to, I have karma things to fix. Right. So fix the karma, then you'd feel better about making the money. Oh boy. Time machine. And, you know, what, and, and, and we don't necessarily have to go back in time, right? We can go forward in time. Totally. Is that, is that, is that against that, the rules here? No rules. You've got the time machine. Yeah. You're MacGuffin. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So the, the that's, the, I, I think, um, This is actually something I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about before you asked the question. So uh, maybe what I would do is I would go back in time about five minutes ago, mm. and, and but I've had plenty of time to think about a proper answer and then oh. insert myself into this podcast again with a That's very like clever the, answer to the So to the Bill question. and Ted's ex, ex, excellent adventure. You know, I had some problematic moments, but like there's a there's a fun story. Like they they fix their problems in that way. Yeah, but he's like, in the time machine. You know, like you know what to do for your past self, right? Yeah, because you know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and so until I do that, I'm really not going to be able to come up with a good answer uh, on the fly, and I'm 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 kind of letting my brain just go into <laughs> neutral right now, so I can use that as as a continued excuse. All right, then that's fine. I mean, it's honestly like a, that's a that's quite a windfall, like to literally be able to physically move your consciousness and physical being through time as a as a way to navigate i mean obviously that's you know pretty mind-boggling pretty awesome yes subject of all kinds of good science fiction right on all right so what do we think one more yeah we got Got those three three down we got one more so uh it's that last one over there with the yellow dot on it all right so I'm, i'm looking at it i'm thinking about it and I'm just going to start the timer now, just because, well, and there, there we goes. go. Yep. So, okay. The fourth experiment. How do I stay creative while working remotely? And that's, a, I mean, so that's a situation where uh, I, I think a lot of folks who actually are in the lean into art community and listen to the Polytechnicast. I mean, there's a lot of folks who work, work solo in their homes, uh, um, independent putting stuff into the world based on you know illustrating and yep. animating that kind of thing photography what have you 
and uh, you're in a situation where you're just you're not working with a big team in a big institution or whatever that has this physical meeting spot or chair right. to be in, right? For right. everybody. So, yeah. And as an example, um, I work remotely. Um, that's my job today. And uh, what we just did before this podcast started, which was to pull out some sticky notes and write some ideas down and, and interact physically. Um, that's not something I can do, uh, at least not as naturally when I work remotely. So I'm kind of thinking, you know, that's a creative process that we went through. Mm-hmm how would I do something like that? And that's actually my bonus question. So I'm kind of, I kind of jumped the gun on the bonus here. Oh, it actually this, relates exactly weird. to this. Yeah. What, what is this <clears throat> bonus? Yeah. So, so maybe one way we could, we could jump into this is like that exercise we just did. If you and I were on opposite sides of uh, the internet and we were doing this over hangouts or something like that, yeah. how would we have done that? So there are tools that can help. Um, and, and there are things that, okay, okay, so the Google Suite has options. You can essentially jump on different pages of a Google Doc and generate text. There we go. You yep. could, um, but let's see, you can, there are tools that are a little bit more sticky note feeling, but then they have, I, I haven't found one that is like a um, very inexpensive tool. Uh, there's one called Murally, like mural.ly. Mm-hmm. And, and it's um pretty good. Like the it's I I've enjoyed it for feeling a bit like the flexibility and empowerment of having little discrete ideas captured and being able to reorganize them and all that kind of stuff and a sticky note style. And plus, it does a couple of cool things because it's not limited to just a physical tool. But it'll pull in metadata from links and whatnot. Got it. Okay. It's 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 pretty neat. Um, the Google the yeah. Google Doc each person getting their own page in a Google Doc idea. That's kind of cool, actually. I like that. Because oh. they're only looking at their own page, and they shouldn't cheat. Right. So, and then it's easy to quickly see what other people have. That's yep. that's good. Yeah, and so you might have a little bit of work facilitating as far as bringing all those ideas back together or something. Right. Yeah, it's not quite as tactile but, as a... No, I, I occasionally work remotely, but no, my, my main thing is not remote. Um, but I have done this kind of facilitating work remotely. Yeah, before. this is, yep. Discussion is, is, is something that's easy to do with remote. Yeah. Now, another tool that I use a lot, um, in, in a remote setting is a whiteboard, um, that potentially could be, uh, something you could use with sticky notes. Obviously mm. there's only one person writing on the sticky notes. And so it does take away from, the element of each person having their private time to come up with ideas and then present them. Um, but somebody could use this, could write it all down at the end and sort of the facilitator. There is ways, there it. are ways to do it. So as a facilitator, you can be the, the voice of the group, right? You don't have to be that editorial about what's coming in. So like, like if you really have an approach where you're doing so like incur like encouraging and transparent, capturing of what's being said um it can be discouraging if people are saying something and you don't really write what they said right and that kind of thing so that's um not quite the same as having the independent idea generation but but um but i i can actually think of ways where you can hack that so for instance you could um essentially have multiple text conversations going on 
And right. So if everyone's texting you their ideas, right, there you go. They're just doing it individually, texting you. Right. Um, And or pick your message medium of choice. Sure. Where they're all just giving you those things. And then you are essentially becoming the 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 aggregating synthesized like grouping point. Right. For all of them to come together. But um, yeah. So you could express that on a whiteboard. Cool. So but yeah, your question of um, let's see. Like wait, so the bonus aspect was like, I was uh, no, the, I really mean it. No, the <laughs> sorry, <laughs> the bonus aspect was I was just thinking about what we did. Oh yeah, and I would think how would it, we do like that specifically? Like tonight was a fifty-fifty chance whether or not I was coming over here yeah. physically or just doing it over hangouts. Yeah, and so I was able to come over here. So I was thinking, oh, how would we do this? You know, if we weren't physically standing next to each other. So gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's a obviously, yeah, and 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 so um, and then the broader question was about just how 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 to spur uh, creativity in a remote working environment where it's more of the norm than the you know than the exception. So, which that's probably a whole topic in and of itself to to discuss. And we're over our five minutes, but yeah, imagine really... yeah, we are a little bit. I I have one little bonus thought. Okay, quick one. Throw it in. <clears throat> so playing playing the role a little bit of that um, I mean, priming where you have a group, you want them to be starting to think about a certain thing and, and getting their problem solving you know, processes flowing. Uh, why not prompt them early and, and get a question and get them thinking about it ahead of time and then use those other techniques to make sure that people aren't stepping on each other with all, you know, the, the highest paid person in the room set a thing or in the virtual room right. or whatever. And sure. Yeah. No, that's good. In fact, in some ways, perhaps a remote scenario could almost foster that sort of private creativity phase better because you're not physically next to somebody. You, you feel like you have a little more sort of space to, to, to write out your thoughts or think oh, about yeah. your things and nobody's looking over your shoulder. Yeah. Maybe less uh, social pressure. Right. Hmm. Right. Yeah. You don't, uh, you don't, you don't have that water cooler you have to walk over to, to, to keep your social status going in, in the <laughs> office. No, you, it's, I, I do think there could be advantages to it as yeah. much as, um, I, I do think being in the room is, is, has its own natural superpowers because of, Overall, as a species, we've evolved being closer to each other than, you know, totally remote. (laughs) So, um, other things, yeah, but yet remote has, has advantages. So I don't know. That is an interesting big topic we could keep pulling at, I think. I'm going to, I'm going to think about this some more. I, I actually, um, just as a, uh, an extra bonus, bonus thought. Mm -hmm. So I, I work in a remote setting where I work from home. But actually, about once or sometimes twice a week, we uh, the few people, I, some of the people I work with, we actually physically get together at a co-working space. Yeah, and so we get the sort of the social benefits of that, and that's kind of nice. We'll go grab lunch or something like people do when they work together every day. <laughs> <clears throat> that yep. kind of normal weird stuff. But yep. um, I'm thinking about like, you know, what would be some kind of fun experiments to run. Where you know on the days that we're remote, we're doing some of the re- kind of private stuff, and then we do get together. Now is our chance to collaborate, bring our ideas together, and go from there. So, 
because we have it's totally, kind of a hybrid that's so right process. for experimenting yeah that's great there's my takeaway all right fun i'd be curious to learn what you end up experimenting with cool um okay so if um i i assume folks hearing you would want to know where you are on the internet so they could uh, you know check out check out what you share and what you do sure yeah um so you can find me on twitter i guess is probably one of the easiest places to find me and that's mm-hmm. uh twitter.com slash twisted stream okay twisted stream on twitter that's kind of my my handle everywhere is twisted stream so if you if you google that you'll probably find all the all the things that i'm into awesome <laughs> uh so think like your github profile github kind of yeah. linkedin all that yeah nice okay and uh, we'll see what happens with this experiment. I'll be curious to hear um, if anyone has thoughts and reactions to this. Uh, you know, uh, obviously reply to Twisted Stream on Twitter. Also on Twitter, I am at, at Rob Stenzinger. And um, also I like to share good old-fashioned email here because, you know, maybe some folks don't want to share publicly. So I am uh, rob.stenzinger at stenzingersoftware.com. So that was a bunch of experiments. Thank you very much for listening. Awesome. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Pete.